What are some of the ways that banking institutions are fighting back against fraud? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about the faces of fraud, and I'm talking with Joseph Bagnano. He's with Walters Clure Financial Services, Financial Crime Control. Joe, thanks so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Joe, we've just conducted this 2012 Faces of Fraud survey, and we're starting to analyze the results. As you look at them, what do you find to be the biggest surprises from the results? I think my biggest woe moment was when I saw almost 30% of financial institutions participating in the survey. Don't know if they will be or are are sure that they won't be in conformance when regulators come a-calling and begin their reviews of whether or not authentication security is up to snuff. That's a big number. That doesn't mean that 70% will be in conformance. 30% is just, you know, perhaps the starting point on nonconformance. Nobody bats a 1,000 or even a 100 in their first season. So we're likely to see that many institutions, even those that think they're in conformance, finding that there are still gaps that need to be addressed. And given what we know about fraudsters seeking out the weakest links and exploiting them, it's obviously concerning to say the least. Regulators will probably give some leniency because this is the first time around with respect to this type of guidance. But what I think we can expect to see is that given the, that so many institutions are unsure or even know that they're not going to be in, in conformance, that regulators are going to probably come down on hard on some in, some individual institutions and send a message. So it's, it's definitely concerning and I think something that, if, that folks want to pay attention to. I give some guidance to the institutions and in that you know they need to be sort of proactive as they get ready for these reviews and give some thought to how they're going to you know discuss this with regulators not just saying hey we didn't understand the guidance give us another shot after you've explained it in more detail but rather taking a look at the guidance understanding as much as they can about it and coming up with their own uh, approach to how they're going to try and be proactive well, Joe, you make some good points about the guidance. I want to bring you back to that in a minute. But I want to ask you first, when you look at the forms of fraud that institutions are facing, what are the trends, the fraud trends, that really concern you the most? What concerns me the most is what I think concerns everyone in the public and private sectors. And that is a trend of what I call more of everything. There's more regulation. There's more fraud. There's more technology. There's more cost. Uh, consider this. The private sector is still reeling from the financial crisis of 2008. And in the wake of that, budgets were cut, staffing requisitions were often eliminated, and everyone had to do with less. Now they're being asked to do more, but with less, because although the survey indicated that most institutions expect to have budget increases, they still haven't caught up to the lag from recent years. Technology is part of the solution, but that costs money to implement, and the staff recs haven't come around yet. So as technology uncovers more red flags, alerts, etc., the staff, managers, and everyone up the chain starts to really become overwhelmed. So it's more of everything and having to do more with much of the same. And I think that's what's overwhelming and becoming a real challenge for the private sector to overcome. And I think it's, the trend is just going to be more in that direction with more regulation coming out, more demands on private sector, not only from regulators, but also from the private sector, because of the risks that everyone is more aware of uh, in this day and age. We're so much more connected in terms of the information that we manage, in terms of the insight, the options that we have among institutions and the services that they provide. 
the expectations that we have as a public is, is something that is also part of this mix. And so institutions need to be weighing all of those factors as they look at how they're going to approach these different threats. And frankly, authentication, security, is just one factor among many. Joe, let's come back to the FFIEC authentication guidance for a minute, because as you realize, that's the biggest piece of regulation that came down for U.S. institutions in 2011. Couldn't have been any more publicized by the regulators. And yet we find that the respondents say they really overall don't understand the guidance and the expectations. To what do you attribute that low understanding of the expectations? It may not be that surprising to anyone who's read the FFIC guidance that financial institutions are rather confused about what exactly the regulators are looking for when it comes to authentication security. Certainly all financial institutions are not exactly the same. They have different business models, different products, different customer bases, and so on and so on. So to expect that one piece of guidance would be sufficient to communicate to all financial institutions what should be done begins to sound to be a bit much. And in fact, if you go to the regulators, they'll tell you the same. They didn't plan the guidance to cover everything and for everyone. That's why they call it guidance. And we also see that regulators are moving towards principle-based guidance. And this may be one preview of that trend. Another reason for the low conformance and diminished understanding is that this is a new world, so to speak. As I mentioned before, there are new threats, new social interactions, creating new risk. There's so many new frontiers that it's difficult to keep up with everything. Regulars aren't subject matter experts anymore. Their guidance and regulations usually come from input from elsewhere, the private sector, other regulators, lawmakers, other cultures, other countries, and then go out and they enforce these regulations by measuring compliance. So again, it's not surprising that there is turbulence and some degree of nonconformance. It's inevitable at this stage. Regulators will be coming around doing their evaluations and measuring that compliance with the guidance and with regulations and, and probably coming out with more information about what they expect. But it's likely to be principles-based versus a checklist. Joe, I want to come back to this topic of principle-based regulation. I'm fascinated by that. But I want to stay on the guidance here for a minute. Because what the survey told us was that institutions, by and large, aren't in conformance with the guidance. Many, too many, don't understand the expectations. And yet, when you look at where they're investing their anti-fraud resources, they do seem to be planning smart investments that are in conformance with the guidance. Do you agree or disagree with that? I do think some smart investments are being made. Although on the surface, you know, the big surprise to many uh, is the current extent to non-conformance with the FFIEC guidance. However, having said that, and not to diminish the importance of that realization in any way, it's also really interesting to consider what the survey indicates about what they are doing, as much as you know it may say about what they're not doing. You know, I wrote a piece in conjunction with the results of the survey, and I did my best to point out that financial institutions don't usually just sit idle. Financial institutions are traditionally very good at performing risk analysis and then focus those, their resources in the red zone where the likelihood and impact combine indicate the greatest risks. However, given the sheer number of risks, uh, managers and executives are overwhelmed, as I've mentioned. Traditionally, threats like credit and debit fraud, check fraud and ACH wire fraud still represent significant financial risks. Data breaches and account takeover fraud, empowered by the growing prevalence of socially engineered schemes, highlight the reputational risk that financial institutions face. 
So while conformance is low with respect to a specific area of fraud prevention security measures, it seems clear that the financial sector is directing money at a range of threats that are growing in number and volume. Financial institutions see no other option at this point, very likely, than to make their best effort at a multi-layered approach to managing that risk, in spite of the confusion that they may have about authentication guidance. The survey indicates intentions to use funds primarily for fraud monitoring, but also for a variety of other technical and non-technical measures. So it's clear at this point that they are making some smart investments. They're not going to sit idle. They're going to move forward with their efforts to prevent fraud because it is in their own interest. And they tend to be the best experts at the threats they face individually and, and are based on their unique profiles and business models. Joe, let's come back to this concept you introduced called principle-based regulation. You say you, you think that's where the agencies are headed. Could you explain that concept a bit, please, and what you expect to see? Sure. And what we're seeing, and this is not only a U.S. trend, but an international regulatory trend, is that regulators are moving away from very specific checklist-type regulations and guidance to something that is more principle-based. The expectation that financial institutions will take it upon themselves to manage their risk and address those risks through specific controls. And this is based on their business model. It's more effective, risk-based approach to anti-fraud and to protect financial institutions' core business. Guidance that is too specific or the expectation of detailed guidance may create distractions from addressing critical risks faced by a given institution. And it can be argued that regulations and guidance that are too checklist-oriented cannot keep up the pace with the rate of change of today's fraud screens and scenarios. So again, this puts the onus on the private sector to convince regulators of their effectiveness in addressing financial crime risks at their respective institutions. It also places responsibility on regulators to develop greater expertise and understanding the risk profile specific to the individual institutions. The end result could be a much more collaborative public-private financial crime prevention strategy where both sides meet in the middle to push forward better anti-fraud and financial crime control policies. Well, Joe, final question for you. Given all that you've reviewed, certainly, in the survey results and what the institutions have said to us, how do you see the fraud fight evolving? I guess what I'd ask you, what are the strategies and solutions that most encourage you? You know, I mentioned that the trends are all up. More fraud, more regulation, greater expectations on both private and public sectors, greater expectations on customers to be part of the solution. ACH transactions in 2011 were up. 20 billion transactions, $34 trillion worth of transactions. A lot of that attributed to the expansion uh, of native electronic payments, uh, increases in online payments by consumers, escalating the use of ACH network for vendor payments and business-to-business -business transaction. Venture capital for e-commerce is up at about $400 million. That's up 4.35%. So what I expect to see is that institutions will continue this multi-layered approach because they really have to. The threats are increasing and there are so many more ways that they become vulnerable in today's world. And so the, the strategies that will be deployed will be broad and will be very specific in some cases because of the nature of core business that individual institution carries out. And I think those are the kinds of things that regulators will be looking for. And in closing, you know, I think it's important to sort of focus on the emphasis on process and procedures and the trends with regulatory principle-based guidance and regulation, really focusing on the risk to 
to consumers versus the risk to the institution or the market. Regulators are, are asking the private sector to become more proactive. They're asking even the public to become more proactive. So there's new imperatives for how compliance is going to be administered within the institution. There are the expectations that institutions will find problems, that they'll control and prevent problems, and manage risk in really an, in an integrated way, on an integrated basis, looking at things like enterprise risk management in conjunction with the specific controls that they have for anti-money laundering, financial crime, specific frauds like internal fraud, ACH wire fraud, debit card fraud, prepayments card fraud. So I think that the strategies will have to align with that and we'll have to more and more bring both the private sector and the public sector together at the table to discuss how they're going to approach these threats because really if it becomes adversarial, there's really no way we can compete against the fraudsters if we aren't cooperating. Excellent. Joe, thanks so much for your time and your insight today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. We've been talking about the 2012 Faces of Fraud survey, and I've been talking with Joseph Bonyano. He's with Walters Kluwer Financial Services, Financial Crime Control. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. <laughs>